sir. Ah. Manscaped. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? You Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair I have on my entire body is these eyebrows yeah. that oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pick. Manscaped there, is a you, must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this. But if you're going to oh, go do a deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where is that pedophilia line that i'm that i'm i don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that that's very interesting like that. i never thought about wow. that. you're a smart dude oh yeah. so if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly you're cool with that if the landing strip is has like i said well manicured yeah. you yeah. can see both sides it's not like blinking lights on both sides of that i just don't i don't want <laughs> you know i don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. Unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest, gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older <laughs> I get, though, I don't, I think, I don't think I can be as... Uh, I as, found as, it! Have, I found have it! Have you ever gone down there and, like, just, like, you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is... Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, like, I'm 46, like it pops out? Do you, like, walk out, or what do you do? No, I, tr I muster through. I muster up the courage to get He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, not all Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> there you listen, go. I couldn't say... Bush. I couldn't say... Well, <laughs> if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break and anyway. we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh -oh. Dropkick. Good times surely will come. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number two of SOB Sports Network with your hosts, wrestling legends, Mike Halig, formerly known as Mantar and Tank of the Truth Commission, and Mr. Paul New, formerly known as Cannonball Grizzly, and Mr. PN News, the Rap Master. Without further ado, here are your hosts. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. That's what I'm talking about, brother. Good to see you, man. You're looking dapper as always, man. I'm happy to be here, man. And you know what? We are blessed here at SOB Sports because we get to talk about whatever the hell we want to. We're here to entertain people. We're here to make people happy. We're here to inspire people, man. We want nothing but good things that SOB sports, right, Paul? That is absolutely right. I couldn't have said it better myself. All I know is we are happy to be here. We want to thank uh, Universal Management. We want to thank Tim. We want to thank uh, our, all our guys, our production company. We're, we, we've got it really going on here right now. We're only starting our second show. Can you believe that, Chubbs? Man, man, we're, time is flying by, man. Time's flying by. <laughs> you know it, my friend. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe this. No, this is, the first show went really well, and I've been looking forward to, to talking about this. We all took our piss break, and we're getting ready to uh, get moving again, man. So uh, what have you been up to, Mike? Uh, talk, talk a little bit. Tell me about it. Man, I'm just, I'm just living, the, living the dream, buddy. I'm down here in sunny southwest uh, Cape Coral, Florida, it's 85 degrees out, sunshine, nice little breeze blowing, and it's like that 365, bro. I've moved down to paradise six months ago. I should have did this shit 40 fucking years ago. Well, you know what? I gave you some good advice a couple months back then when you uh, decided to head out there with, with the family. Uh, what have you guys been doing for entertainment recently? Have you been going to any big shows or anything? You know what? Uh haven't really gone to any shows. Me and my girlfriend went to see uh, Top Gun uh, the other night with Tom Cruise, man. That was a great fucking show, man. I really... Hey, listen. Listen, I, I know that uh, you were uh, recently um, on the other side of the country uh, up in a big place called Alaska. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, man. I tell you what. There's only two states that I've never been to, and that's Hawaii and Alaska. And I just checked off Alaska off my bucket list, man. Alaska was absolutely beautiful. There was fucking snow everywhere. We were in Fairbanks, Alaska. So we were pretty uh, high up north and a um, lot of snow. We seen a couple moves. Uh, was in Denali uh, National Park. Got to see Mount McKinley. I mean, these mountaintops up there, man, and some of these peaks, you could tell this snow has been untouched for hundreds of years, man. It is just white. It is shiny. It's pristine. It's like, man, somebody come and fucking draw a star on me or something, right? Hey, I mean, it's just. Hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you, Chuck. Well, did, when you when you were standing in front of the mountain, I mean, it must have been majestic and huge. And I mean, you got like all the wildlife out there. You got bears. You got you got mooses. You got like uh, all sorts of things. Even polar bears, maybe. There's no penguins up there, of course, but. The thing is, is I would just love to see it. I, if I were you, I'd have been standing out there. I'd give that big mantar roar and so was like that. Maybe, maybe there'd have been a big, a bit been a big American avalanche, brother. Just like I hey, hey, bro. You know what? I actually fucking did that shit, and I seen the fucking trees start to move, and I was like, man, I better get the fuck out of here before some moose tries to come fuck me, man. No way, Jose, man. I, I fucking. Well, you know, you're out there. Well, you're out there. You know what I mean? A moose fucking you in that fucking snow. And I mean, I come from Nebraska, so I know. I know that fucking snow is different than the regular snow. Hey, the fucking snow is most definitely different than the regular snow in Nebraska, bro. (laughs) People in Nebraska don't know what fucking snow is until they've been to fucking Alaska because the northern lights are incredible. We paid, the four of us, we paid $500 to go on this venture up in the mountains. And it's like a six hour tour. And they take you in this cabin up in the fucking mountains, man, at the top of the mountain. And you just sit there and you wait to see the Northern Lights come. We sat there for like five fucking hours and nothing happened. And so I looked at everybody and said, hey man, 
I don't know about you, but I haven't seen shit and I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. What about you? Because we were with four other people, right? And so they said, yep, sounds good. Let's go. So we fucking hurry, got that fucking van driver in that van, man. And we went right back down the hill. But this little fucking bastard, man, this guy was about four foot ten. He was um, of like Eskimo descent. His name was Mishi. Okay. And Mishi, when he got behind the steering wheel of this car, now mind you, it's snowing. There's snow on the fucking streets. The wind's blowing, man. It's cold as fuck. It's 10, 10 below zero outside. And this guy is driving like fucking Mario Andretti, man. And uh, Jane, Jane's sitting next to me, my girlfriend, and she says, um, she goes, how we go? How we doing? I says, trust me, babe. You do not want to fucking look because this guy's scaring the shit out of me, man. I couldn't help but stare out that fucking window just waiting for my fucking deathbed to hit me in the fucking face because this guy was flying, man. And you know he's driven this, driven this fucking route thousands and thousands of times, right, in the snow. And um, so he ain't worried about shit, man. You know, he said, yeah, the van's got, Jay started asking questions about the van. Says, this van going to make it? He says, oh, yeah. He says, it's four-wheel drive. We got special tires on here, man. We're going to be just fine. And we were just fine, man. But this fucker scared the shit out of me, man. I was happy to get back. But yeah. we, didn't see, we didn't see no northern lights, right? And so when we went to Denali National Park, we had a little park ranger lady that was working in the souvenir shop. We were telling her about the Northern Lights. She says, you know, there's an app on Facebook. You can get on there. And when people see the Northern Lights, they post it because everybody gets on there. And so we said, cool. So we're back at the Airbnb and we're chilling, man. It's fucking snowing outside. It's about seven o'clock. We start playing Monopoly. And we took a break about an hour in and we said, uh, hey, man, let's check on the website. Sure enough, man, they said, we just seen them one minute ago. So we fucking put on our jackets and our shoes. We take like 10 steps outside our Airbnb in the middle of the street. We look up and bam, there they are, baby. Just fucking beautiful as I ever thought they would be, man. And, you know, when you take a picture on your phone, you can see, um, you can see the extent of the Northern Lights because they're much brighter than when you look at them with the naked eye. Right. But the, the iPhones, the iPhones pick it up so clear, man. And, you know, the waves of green and, 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 and shit, man. And with the snow top trees, man, I got some beautiful footage, man, of Fairbanks, Alaska, brother. Yeah. No, well, I can tell imagine, you, Mike, I'm glad you're safe and sound, brother, because, you know, I uh, heard those Eskimos and those smooses and those reindeer and those elves are sexually attracted to mantars, man. So I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, the thing is, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing, Tim. But you know what? I just keep, when he was talking about that, I was thinking about Mantar, and I was thinking about Rocky and Bullwinkle. Hey, hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. You know what I mean? I, I was thinking hey, about that. But I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I mean, he's telling the story, and it's a brilliant story. Thanks for sharing. But uh, the, I'm thinking of a, a wood, there's, there's a van. There's a van in the story. There's a, there's a cabin out in the woods in the story. And uh, this is, the, I thought it was going to be more of a horror story, or it was going to be like Scooby-Doo, man, uh, with, 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 with Mike as Fred, and, and I don't know who Thelma is, hey, hey, Rebel Raggy, no, was there any hey. thoughts going on in the van? Listen, man, and fuck the way, you. And fuck by the way, story. no, and by the way, no, I'm just asking, I'm, I'm inquiring my head. No, you're not asking. I'm asking. But, no, but the thing is, is, um, no, you made me lose my thought tra track of thought, but that's okay, man. No, but it, no, I, I thought that was cool. I mean, when you told me that you guys were going up there to the North Line, I thought, dude, this guy is really, dude, he's living the high life, man. That's that's really that's really cool. I mean, that's something that's on my bucket list. I've seen the stuff up here, over here in Europe, but I mean, that's just got to be absolutely fantastic, especially with the mountains in the background. I mean, I've been up there around Portland and, and, and uh, up in Seattle, Washington and all those stuff, seen all the mountains uh, up, up there, you know, Hood and Rainier and stuff like that. I got lots of photos on my phone and, and that, but uh, that and with your Northern Lights and just getting up there into Alaska, that's just gotta be incredible. My, my brother and my dad are on the Alaskan highway up there years, years ago, so. Oh, nice, man. You know, and the thing about me, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a t-shirt and a shorts guy. 
you know, the only time I wear a fucking pair of pants is, you know, to a funeral or a business meeting or to church, right? And so um, I'm up there wearing shorts. I got my winter jacket on. I got my fucking hat on. I got my gloves on, but I'm wearing fucking shorts. And and we go into this distillery up there. We went to two distilleries. One was a beer distillery. Great Alaskan beer, by the way. I think it has a lot to do with their water up there, right? Because their water tastes fucking incredible up there and we went to a vodka distillery me and jane and so we walked in this vodka distillery and there was like a group of eight or ten people and they was like yeah this guy's got fucking shorts on he's the man it's fucking cold out there bro and they're giving me high fives and shit and jane's just looking at me like oh for fuck's sake are you kidding me you know we can't go anywhere and i was like see babe you know, it, it pays to be yourself. You know what I mean? I'm not going to fucking change. I'm not no conformist, man. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to live my fucking life. And I'm living my best life. And I'm fucking happily ecstatic, bro. I am so happy. I am simply outstanding. You're outstanding happy, man. That's really, really cool. I, You know what? At, at one point in my career, I was out there in Portland, in Portland and in Seattle and stuff, and I just love the Rocky Mountains. And, of course, the mountains are going up there into, uh, into Canada and into Alaska and everything like that. Be one of the most majestic mountain ranges on the planet. And, I, you know, you know, I love the Alps. I lived in, I lived in Austria for years. And I just love being up in the Alps, Carrington, Sabo, and you remember Sabo, and I'm sure. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and, uh, it, it was just, I mean, I, I love being that. I mean, that's my heaven. If I ever, if I die, I want to go somewhere. If I'm good enough, you know, if if I'm bad enough, I probably got to relive this life again. If I'm, if I'm good enough, I might get to go and spend my life in Sabo. Because I love the water and I love the mountains. Nothing better than the mountains going directly into the water as well. Because the water is just crystal clear. Mike will tell you, when we were in St. Boat, that water Beautiful. was just crystal clear. You can see 50 meters down, 50 yards for those that uh, still do the imperial system. Um, and, oh, and one thing I wanted to bring up, we've been talking about Eskimos. I think the, the, the correct term is Inuits or, or indigenous. So we, I, just, yes. I just wanted to add. Yes, but you know, I, I found out. You know, do you know Alaska? Do you know Alaska? Do I know Alaska? <laughs> no, Juneau is, is the capital of. Oh, Juneau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juneau's <laughs> the fucking capital, you dumb fucker. We're not talking about Juneau. Fuck off, man. We're talking Eskimos and Igloos. So, what I was telling you was fucking Jane was talking to this lady in this, in this little fucking town, uh, and um, she started asking the lady about Igloos. She says, you know what? She says, there are igloos up here. She says, but they're not in Alaska. They're in Canada. And she says, they, they're not the actual igloos that you might think, that you picture in your mind. She says, but yeah, people still live in igloos. But it's in Canada that they live in igloos. So I'm thinking cool. that it's much colder in Canada than it is in Alaska. You know, because when, it was, when we were there in Alaska, man, the weather was you know, zero, four degrees. I think it got it up to seven one day. But the last two days we were there, man, it was cold as fuck. The last day it was like minus 31 degrees, man. It was. That, that'll have to do, that'll have to do with the ocean currents because you've got the, uh, the currents ending up there by like Seattle and stuff like that. That's why it rains all the time in Seattle. Um, and you have the rainy days in Portland. So you're getting a lot of that water, water ends up in that region there. So Alaska would be more warmer than uh, inland uh, t uh, with uh, inland Canada where there's no sea and stuff like that. So definitely colder in there because, and I know this because of the jet stream, jet streams ends up off the coast of uh, England and stuff like that in Ireland and stuff. And so it brings the last of that uh, warm air up here. And so we don't get a lot of snow here in Oldenburg. We get a lot of rain. I mean, it just rains every day. Well, you know? Let me ask you, what happens if the jet stream ends up off the coast of Japan, then what? Is it going to get warmer <laughs> in fucking Canada or I, what? Dude, you're, you're asking to, I'm just telling you the way it is now. I don't know. If it ends, if it ends up off the coast of Japan, I think we're probably going to be in another ice age, to be honest with you. Well, isn't it like two different directions? So it's kind of like reverse psychology, right? If you think it's colder going one way, it's going to be warmer the other? 
No, no, the, no. The, like the jet stream is like a jet stream in the Atlantic Ocean. It flows up off the. It comes out of the Caribbean and it flows across. Remember when you were flying over? Uh, remember when you were flying in the winter time um, over to Europe or back and forth between Europe and the United States and the turbulence that you'd have to deal with at Christmas time? That was down to the jet stream, bro. Oh, gotcha. So, right, right. I thought so I it's, thought it was just the fucking pilot. I thought the pilot didn't know how to fucking drive the fucking plane, man. I didn't know it was shots of uh, Well, I have a trivia question for you guys. I, I have a trivia question for Mike Halick. So Eskimos live in uh, igloos, some of them. Some of the Australian people live in teepees. So I wonder what a kangaroo fuck a mantar. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it happen. You know what, man? I've hey. seen it. You know what, man? Fuck you, Tim Peel, and fuck you, Paul Neal. Okay, you guys ain't tag teaming up on me today, man. I'm coming out fucking fighting, bro. Fuck that shit. I ain't taking that shit from either one of you guys today, man. You're lucky you're not here in Florida. You're not. You're lucky you're not here in Florida because if I ever hear you say that again to me, and I find out about it, bro, and I find out about it. Hey, Tim and I both agreed we're not going to share our favorite turd. <laughs> well, you know what, man? I'm just gonna take your guys's fucking hatred, hateful comments, and you know, totally hilarious comments. Some might even say, I'm just gonna take that as a compliment on how simply outstanding I look. So, if you're making comments, you guys must be jealous or envious. You know, I mean, I can't help it, man. I, I wake up every day and I look like this. You know, some of us really have to fucking do a lot of work to look like this. Yeah, but do you always do you always got to wear the mask or do you take the mask off sometimes? Sometimes I take it off. It depends on what Jane's into that day. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, I would just, you know, again, man. You know, I, I want to just thank Universal Talent Bookings and Monty and the Pharaoh show out of New York. Um, you know, we're, we're coming on a platform with over 700,000 listeners, man. And we are ecstatic and excited and over the top of the moon um, about being here and sharing our lives and our stories with everybody, you know. And um, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be here, man. It's uh, it's 2.15 on the East Coast. and Nothing but sunshine, man, in the future. And I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm looking forward to episode 110. You know, we're only on two. But um, we're moving in the right direction. And I'm having a blast, man. This is great for me, you know. No, this is I mean, it's, it's a couple of guys having a conversation. And uh, Tim's being in my uh, – he's, he's got my back, I see. I appreciate that, Tim, because we can gang up on Mike a little bit because – Mike's he's got such a big back. You need two people to get up on that. Yeah. Right? Good old fucking silverback, baby. You don't want to fuck with me. Right. A, I'll fucking tie you up in a fucking knot and spit you out for fucking lunch. Oh, please do. Please do. So, so listen, man, I think, Paul, I think I want to talk a little sports today, man. What do you think? I'm, I'm all in, man. What uh, are you thinking about today? What are we going to do? Well, you know. I was watching ESPN the other day and I seen this fucking clip about the LA Lakers have exited the playoff contention three months before the playoffs even fucking kick off. And so, you know, Tim, I know you're a fucking Lakers fan and fat guy. I know you're a Lakers fan and they fucking suck. So you guys pick on me. Now it's my turn to pick on the both of you, man, because it's obvious that LeBron James is not the real GOAT, okay? We all know who the real GOAT is, and that's Michael Jordan. Hands down, Michael Jordan. I thought you were going to say me. I thought you were going to say me, Chuck. <laughs> hey, man, we're not, we're not talking about 30 years ago, man. We're talking about present day. <laughs> Okay. I <laughs> well, I second that. I think LeBron James is way overrated. I think LeBron James, whatever money they spent on LeBron James, is way too much money. Uh, I'm a Lakers fan from the old school. 
Um, I, I believe, in my personal opinion, the greatest of all time is Magic Johnson. Irvin Magic Johnson was the greatest mm-hmm. player that ever played the game. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll tell you what. I, I mean, here, I'll be, my honest opinion is I, I was a Lakers fan when I was a kid in the 70s. I remember when they got Magic Johnson and they were paying – they were playing against Larry Bird and the Celtics. I mean, that was a heyday of basketball for me. You had the Pistons. I mean, you had the Sixers. You had a lot of great teams. And there was a lot of great competition at the time. Celtics mainly dominated. But I was a Lakers fan through and through. I loved watching James Worthy and Kobe. And are not, this is before the Magic Johnson. And, and, uh, and Michael James Cooper. And, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget Magic Johnson. In that in that game seven in that seven game series against Boston, he played guard, he played forward, and he played fucking center. That guy was so versatile. So I got you know I gotta say the guy the guy could do anything that he wanted to do. Um, is LeBron James overrated? How can how can the guy who scored the most points all time be overrated? It's yes, it's a different industry than it was back in those days. It was a lot more physical then. Than it is now. I don't think he could. I don't think he would have lasted as long back in those days as he's lasted in the modern game because it's just different. And you see how he's, you know, he's broken every every uh, every other week. He's he's got to sit out and stuff like that because of injuries. But I also think that today's modern player is more accessible. They're such hybrids, and and if you're a thoroughbred, your your tendency to get injured is a lot more than what it used to be. We we perfected our athletes so much, we've actually made them vulnerable to getting more injured. You know, gladiators back in the day, they weren't they weren't ripped, they weren't muscular, they weren't, you know, they were muscular, oh. but they weren't ripped. They had a layer of fat on them. Why? Because that layer of fat protected their bodies. And so we're looking at all these athletes out there and they're going, oh yeah, hey, they got 8% fat, this and that and stuff like that. Yeah, it's making them hybrid, it's making them thoroughbreds. But the problem is, is we're, we're actually, you know, that's why I'm always thinking, dude, I mean, how, why can't a quarterback get through a fucking season of 16 games? He used to be able to do that in the past. Guys used to play uh, hurt. That's why I was impressed with Mahomes the other day. But to get back to LeBron James, you got to give the guy a little, you got to give him some credit. Yes, I think, I think, I would, I think there's a lot of argument for Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Durant. There's a lot of guys you could put in there that have just been outstanding, outstanding uh, players. Duncan, Tim Duncan, probably one of the most underrated basketball players of all time. You know, so um, yeah, Duncan, Duncan could change a game on his own. Uh, LeBron James always had to have a supporting cast around him. So did Michael Jordan. <laughs> then so Michael John, so did Magic Johnson. So did Larry Bird. You can, you're only as good as the players around you. And from but I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Larry Bird was one smooth fucking white boy from the Midwest. Yep. He yep. could fucking ball. You know, everybody, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, they've all said the toughest person to play on the court was Larry Bird. Right? Because he's he just fucking... Hand. He'll, he'll, he'll fucking stop, pivot, turn around, fucking shoot that jump shot right over you, man. And that's going to hit nothing but the bottom of the fucking net. Not even touch rim from 18, 20 feet away. And he'll do that fucking nine and a half times out of ten. You know, Larry Bird, to me, was an, an incredible player in the game. And um, I think, you know, he needs to be talked about in there with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain. You know, there's there's a lot of guys, you know, like in football now. You know, you had Tom Brady. and But now, ladies and gentlemen, you got Patrick Mahomes. And then look who is right on Patrick Mahomes' tail, but Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. You know, these guys are all great athletes in, 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 in sports. And, um, you know, the game, you know, each sport has increased the volume of games that they compete in in a regular season like I think back in Jordan and Johnson's day I think they might have played 60 some games now they're playing like 78 or 80 games you know NFL used to play 12 13 games now they're playing fucking 16 17 games you know for me it's 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 
kind of it's um, generated, over... it's generated by the end product, Mike. It's generated by sure. capital. You got to sure. It's, it's all about it's all about money. Revenue. I mean, it's all yeah, money. it's all about revenue and, and and money. But you know, I I think it puts more strain on the athletes to be at the top of your game for a longer period. And us as professional wrestlers, you know, when we used to be on the road, we worked over 300 fucking days a year, you know? And in my career, and I mean, none of these guys can say, none of these guys are talking about, I've had 5,000 plus matches, close to 505, 5,500 matches in my career over the course of like 28 to 30 years. And you know what? It put its toll on my body and the, the bumps I was taking, the shit you're doing in the ring. And I did a lot of fucking shit, you know, um, Santons, flat splashes from the top rope, topes out to the floor, uh, just doing all freaky crap for a big 400 pounder, throwing drop kicks and hitting six foot four people in the face. And then all 400 pounds landing back down on the mat. That yeah. kind of hurt. But the thing is, is those guys, you know, those guys never put that kind of mileage on but they are they are putting a lot of mileage on their fucking body, and like I said, we go back to the how hybrid how they are hybrids and thoroughbreds now, and how their body can't adjust and take that kind of abuse anymore, you know. So they can't take the amount of abuse that some of those older guys could. Yeah, but you're right. Everything you guys are saying, and I want to sum it up this way: players today are under guaranteed contracts. So they don't if they get injured, they're paid for the rest of the year or pay for however many seasons they're on contract for. So you can't compare a LeBron James to a, a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James to a Magic Johnson because you all know football, like Mike made the comparison to football. Well, we all remember Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was really the only talented player on the whole Detroit Lions football team, and he was a running back. So it's like giving the running back the ball every time to run a touchdown. If you give the ball every time to a LeBron James, and that's the only person you give the ball to, well, obviously he's going to have more points than everybody in the history of the NBA. That's my philosophy. That's my point. Yeah, yeah Barry, just, Sanders, Barry Sanders was the good. Barry Sanders was by far – not by far, but I mean, if you if you want to compare Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, I'm t- I'll take Barry Sanders every day. The guy quit in his prime and played behind the yeah. offensive line, and he was five foot eight, two hundred and ten pounds. And, and you know what? The only and, and the other guy that I really like came out of Oklahoma that played for the Lions was was Billy Sims, and unfortunately he blew his knee out early in his career. But I say I seen him walk on shoulder pads and helmets. Uh, for about 15 yards one Thanksgiving <laughs> one Thanksgiving afternoon, man. That Billy Sims would have been something special had he been able to finish his career. But Barry Sanders, for me, is the GOAT when it comes to running backs. And, 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 and we, you know, you can go – there's a lot of guys, you know, that you can, you can talk about in, in, in that breath. But, but by far, just what he did, it was like Walter Payton in his early years because he was playing behind a crappy offensive line too. And then you got Jim Brown back in the 60s. It's just it's hard to compare the generations of talent because the game just developed differently. You know what I mean over over time. So yeah, you know. So here's and, the question you know, I have for both of you guys. I want you guys to answer this question. I want your honest opinion on this. So wrestlers take more risks every time they step in the ring than any other type of pro athlete, maybe except for mixed martial arts fighters. There's never been a union in wrestling. There's never been benefits for wrestlers. So how do you guys feel about like Vince McMahon and other promoters saying you guys are independent contractors, but they won't allow you to wrestle for any other organizations and there's no union in wrestling. I want to hear from both of you guys. What's your opinion on that? Go ahead. Well, you know, I'll, I'll start that off because I was part of a, of a lawsuit against the WWE for concussions and um, being an independent contractor was, was part of that deal. And um, I think that if someone tells you what to do and you do it, um, I think they are essentially your boss and you're working for that company. Um, I think it becomes, I'm no longer working for myself because I'm not doing what I want to do in the ring. I'm doing what you want to do in the ring. And, um, you know, 
having a lot of concussions, man, it, it's, it's fucked my memory up sometimes. Sometimes I can not remember what I said five minutes ago, but I can remember a situation back 40 years ago, right? And so it's it's really it's really weird. And you know, I, I know a lot of guys that you know have passed away and had concussion syndrome and stuff. Um, it's it's an incredible thing, but I think that we take a, more of a beating on a daily basis because we're out there for 15, 20 minutes and you know you're taking bumps and you're getting hit with chairs and you're going through tables. And in the NFL, you're going for 10 second spurts. And even though the game is three hours long, you might only be actually working for 20 minutes. And it's only for 10 seconds at a time. You know, if I think if I could do something for 10 seconds at a time, my longevity is going to be a lot more than it is if I got to fucking go out there and abuse my body for 30 minutes every night. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. That's 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 what I think about that. What do you think? Paul? Well, well, the thing is, is, you know, having done both, I mean, not at the NFL level, of course, but having done both in my time as being an athlete. I know that playing, okay, defense is a lot harder on, on a body than offense is by far because you're reacting instead of instead of being offensive, you're being defensive, as the words say. So you got to react, which exerts a hell of a lot more energy than the other way. But when you're doing a professional wrestling, and then I'll get back to the main question, is when you're doing a thing with the, uh, with the rest, professional wrestling, every time you throw yourself down to the floor, every time you take a bump, you're knocking the wind out of yourself. And the thing is, is when we wrestle and we knock, when you, when you see a football player or a uh, basketball player or a other a contact sport individual get the wind knocked out of them, they need time to recover. That's not professional wrestling. Whether we got the wind knocked out of us or not, we continue to do what we have to do. We got to get into the next move. We, you know, I got the shit on myself, but I got to feed. I got to get up. I got to feed for the next one. Boom, take another one, and boom, the guy comes off the top rope. Boom, lands on top of me. Well, I hit the floor, so it's a double. It's a double whammy, right? So, I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's I don't care what anybody says. If you ain't done it. Not everybody can do it. If you ain't done it, just keep your mouth shut because you have no idea what we go through. Now, to get back to the question at hand, what do I think about being an independent contractor? Um, if you're assigned with a contract with WCW, as I was, and I was officially an independent contractor, but yet I could only work specifically for the WCW. That's where the bullshit starts. Okay, I understand that they're trying to protect their interest in you because they're put, they're giving you a platform to put you on TV. But if they're putting you on TV and they're giving you that platform and then they're make there's that exclusivity, then they have to make sure that they're paying you uh, without prejudice and making sure that if you're making a living and you're making a good living and if something were to help into your body, that there is some kind of contra contractual uh, contract where you're going to be uh, sorted out. There's guys that I know and have insurance blew their knees, blew their knees out, and they just never they never got taken care of by by New York or or Atlanta or any other company. We can't just be uh, wrestlers. Cannot just be a a, pro, a a product. We have to be human. You know, you got to be human as well. You know, so yeah, I think the exclusivity is bullshit. I can understand the business aspect of it. But it's not, it's just not fair to the performer. Yeah, you know, you guys had to go, go, go back in the day, man, through injuries. Like, what's some of the worst injuries you guys had in or out of the ring? Because there was no days off. Like, from my understanding back then, if you took a day off, you they would just deduct your pay. That's all they I would do. And if, yeah. I got a good one for you on that, Tim. Uh, me and Mike were actually. I, you know, I was, I've been working in England and it was, and it was, it just kicked off. It was, we were doing really good business at the turn of the century. So 
2001, 2002, and I was talking to Mike. I said, well, Mike, you want to come over? I'll give, I'll talk to All-Star Promotion, Brian Dixon. I said, you can come over and uh, you get on the team, right? So Mike was all for that. So we brought him over, and we were training every day. I was, I was benching uh, 660 pounds. Mike was benching ridiculous weight. We were doing – I was doing 60 dips. Mike was doing 20 dips. We were just – I mean, we were, in, we were in the best physical shape of our life, even better than 2008. And we were just, we were up and down the road. We were up at, dude, we'd get in at two in the morning. We were up at seven, into the shakes, uh, uh, hit the pipe, get in the taxi, down to the gym. We work our ass off out in the gym. We go to the market, we get, get a chicken and we go back, we pack our bags and we get back on the road, drive for five hours, we wrestle, get back in the car and drive five hours back and then rinse, rinse, repeat. You know what I mean? And that's, it was like that all the time. Well, the thing was, is me and Mike, uh, were, we were physically fit, and Brian, he, he you know, he, he'd switch up the card. And at this point, there were, we were doing this thing, and uh, there was a commercial. It was a, it was a Nike commercial over in uh, England at the yeah. time, and it was a big belly chasing a guy, and it was, and, and it was belly's gonna get you, belly's gonna get you, and 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 it's, and it's a Nike commercial, and the guy's running in his Nike tennis shoes, right? So uh, me and Mike were working. I think the first time I used it was with Mike. And uh, so Mike, he gets on the microphone and he does his speech and stuff like that. And I go, uh, so I said, you know what? And he's calling me, he's calling me SOB, fat, whatever. And I said, you know what? I might be fat, but you know what? Belly's going to get you. And like a thousand people in the arena start screaming at Mike. Yeah, everybody's chanting. I'm like, what the fuck is this? We we did we did one we did about fifteen minutes close to twenty minutes and we were moving around that ring like 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 middleweights and I mean we were tearing it down having a good match and I'm doing I'm in the cell as baby face and I'm down I'm I'm down on my I'm sitting on my ass and Mike's kicking me in the stomach and I keep pulling myself up on the ropes feeding him in my stomach boom he hits me again you know what I mean and I feed myself back up and the people are getting just pissed off because I mean every time I just get to my feet Mike kicks me back down it was just perfect heel baby face stuff you know and then the, the the third time that it happened I went to go back down boom and something popped in my in my right in my right leg I had no idea what it was and I dude I you know I said Mike let's go you know so we, we went into it went into the finish Went back to the dressing room, and I'm so dumb. Like, I don't know what I need. Boss comes back. He's going, great, match. That was fucking fantastic. He said, uh, yeah, cool. I said, Brian, I said, Brian, sorry, but I, I need to take three days off. He goes, why three days? He says, because <laughs> I, I did something on my knee, and I have no idea what I did, right? So I didn't go to the doctor, nothing like that. Next morning, I woke up, back, back of my leg, side of my leg. Dude, it was black and blue there were so many different colors on it you wouldn't believe it but I mean it was dark and so I, I took the three days off I wrapped everything up went back in there and started performing man you know what I mean so I only missed three shows and I went performing because it was all about the money about a month later six or six weeks later I'm I'm in a, I'm at a show and there's uh, they brought in some physical uh therapist massage therapist uh to work on it so um, I had I had him work on the back of my leg, and she starts working on it. She's a small girl, but I'd say about 110 pounds or something like that. And she's I'm on laying on the table, and she's working on it, and it hurts like a son of a bitch. But she's working on it. She's starting to sweat. She's been working on it 25 minutes, and she stopped. She goes, "My God, how much?" She because she goes at the beginning. She goes, uh, "When did you tear your hamstring?" <laughs> I went, "Oh, is that what I did? I had no idea, right?" And so she's working on it. <laughs> 20 minutes later. 20 minutes later, she goes, my God, how much pain you could, can you take? And I said, well, it hurts like hell, but I figure if you're keeping going, it's, it's, it's going to help me, right? And so I, I swear to God, two days, so I went from being about 60%, two days later, I was about 90% for all the work she did on my did on that hamstring, but it was just, just a case, man. You worked hard. You you know, you didn't, you didn't take the time off. Germany was a prime example. Mike had Mike had stitches in his mouth. How many stitches did you have in that tongue, Mike? And we worked that slam match. Oh, I had that like, night. yeah, I had like 30 stitches in my tongue. Um, I was wrestling a guy, uh, Larry Cameron, who passed away in the ring in Germany. And um, I had selling for him and 
I was bent over and he kicked me in the chest. Well, he ended up catching me right underneath my chin and I almost bit my tongue in half, almost severed my tongue in half. And so we finished the match, went right to the hospital, man. They stitched me up. I had like um, 18 stitches on one side, 12 on the other, man. I couldn't fucking talk. I mean, when I think about it, that was probably the worst thing that happened because that affected me for a while. Uh, but I also hyperextended both knees one time. I slammed the guy in the middle of the ring in Germany and I went to give him a double forearm smash and off the second rope. And when I jumped, he was too far away over past center. And so I had to hyperextend. And when I landed, both of my legs were fucking straight, man. They both buckled. It just dropped me down to my fucking knees. I was in agony. And I end up, boss said, listen, I'll give you three days off. And if you can't work on the fourth day, I'm going to send you home. And so I did nothing but fucking sit down, man, and ice that shit and take Motrin 800s. And on the fourth day, man, I was able to perform, you know. So, I mean, that was that was good. But, yeah, I mean, it gets, it gets pretty serious. Sometimes you get hurt. But for the most part, over my career, I, uh, I got really lucky, you know. Um, I'm just, just happy that I'm here today, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know that's a good point, Mike. That, that, that's, I mean, it's a really good point. I mean, I've got I've got more stories about injuries and stuff like that, but we could save that for another day, I'm sure, man. But the thing is, is we got into this conversation talking about who's the goat, the fall of of the Los Angeles Lakers and everything like that, yeah. And how fast they fall that fast they they have fallen in the league and under the tutelage of one LeBron James, uh, I mean, they're a bunch of grandfathers. I think some of them got grandchildren there in Lakers, don't they? So, isn't yeah, well, James, like, listen. He's in his benefits, doesn't he get his benefits or something this year? Yeah, I just, you know, I just want to touch on the original subject of NBA basketball right here before we have to end this episode today. Um, the best team in the NBA right now is the Boston Celtics, and they have the best record. They're the leaders in the East. And, um, you know, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, they're a close second and third. The East is by far the toughest division, in my opinion. The Western Conference, you know, they got the, you know, Denver Nuggets and they got Memphis Grizzlies, which are two teams, but two of the teams that are a surprise to me. And this third team in the standings is really a big surprise. And that's the Sacramento Kings. And, um, you know, the Sacramento Kings, they're really they're really showing up and playing some basketball this year, you know. And um, I think I think it's a no-brainer. I think Boston Celtics win the NBA championship in 2023. I think they got by far the best talent. And in a seven-game series, I don't think they can be touched, you know. Who's, hey, so, so, you think, so you think Boston's going to win it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think Boston's going to win the championship this year. All right, so if, if um, okay, so I see that, like, the Lakers, it still says they got a 13% chance of making the playoffs, which I, I, I really have to kind of disagree with it. But what do you think about the, I mean, you've got, like, I just had it here somewhere, and let me just see if I can find it again, because um, it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. But there's the, 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 the last few spots in the West are pretty up for, up for grabs. And the teams, I think it's like the uh, oh God, I can't see it right now. I do. Well, I know, I know the last like four spots in the Western Division, they all them teams pretty much got the same record. So yeah, from, there's like from, one one and a half one and a half uh, there's one and a half games in between in between these guys. all of them all of them. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, so you know, but I don't think it, it matters who's going to make it to the playoffs in the West. Um, I think in the East, it's going it's to be Boston and Milwaukee in the, in the finals. Um, however, the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing some serious basketball, and they're in, a, they're in the fourth spot. And just like in the West, Sacramento Kings, they're coming out of nowhere. They're third in the, in the race right now in the West. And so these two teams are some sleepers. And don't think that one of these teams is not going to make a run in the playoffs because I think there's going to be a sleeper in the playoffs, but I don't think anybody can compete with the Celtics. Okay. But what do you, okay. My question is Mike, and what I wanted to ask you about was what about the Suns? I mean, they made it, they made it, made a big move uh, right 
for the trades uh, finish and stuff like that. And they look to be uh, they look to be making a move here right before the playoffs. Do you think that they have a chance maybe to make it to the finals? Yeah, because didn't uh, the Suns pick up Kyrie Irving? No, it was uh, what's his name? Uh, not Dur not Durant. Uh, is it Durant? Kevin Durant? Might be Kevin Durant. Yeah, because I think it was I Kevin Durant left, that they picked up. New Jersey. And and yeah. then I also see Stephen. I see Stephen. Uh, Stephen's coming back too. Uh, Curry, Curry yeah. for Golden State. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think Stephen they're too far out. I think I think they're too far out to even make a serious run in the playoffs. You know, which is kind of a disappointment because I kind of like watching Golden State play basketball. Um, right. But yeah, man. You know, so so Paul. So I think we're about at the end of the episode here. Is there any last words that you want to uh, want to say? Uh, I basically just what I always say, don't let your meatloaf. But the thing is, is um, like, again, I, I want to be thankful. This is a great opportunity. I, I'm looking forward to picking up more and more fans as we move forward. Uh, we'll have to start getting people our Twitter feeds and we'll have to let everybody know on what platforms that our show is going to be uh, put out on. So as soon as we get that information, we'll pass that on to all your great fans. And we really appreciate you guys listening now, taking out time to listen to us, two fat bastards having a good conversation because we're just a couple of SOBs, right? That's exactly right, buddy. And, um, you know, on that note, man, everybody knows our motto here at SOB Sports. You only die once, but you live every day. So go out there and live your life, eat that piece of cake, and enjoy. Woo! Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh. All right. I don't know where fucking yeah. Tim's at. Good job, Mike. Good job, Tim. Yeah, Tim's, that was, I like that. That was really good. Tim disappeared on us, motherfucker. I'm sure he's got, he's doing something, but uh, no, that was good, Mike.